If you were to be torn from your sleep and embraced by an angel in a terrifying grip, a grip that nearly squeezed the breath out of you, and you were commanded, recite. How would you respond to this? This terrifying experience. This is what happened to Muhammad, founder of Islam, back in the 7th century. Or if an angel comes to you and he shows you these golden plates and he tells you to translate them, what would you do? This happened to uh, uh, Joseph Smith. This happened to him back in the 19th century, the founder founder of Mormonism. Today we have another, uh, we have a divine encounter in our, actually two of them, first in the first reading with Abraham and God, and in the second uh, with uh, our Lord and his disciples on the mountaintop, this transfiguration. How are you to respond to a spiritual experience of the divine? What should you do to to respond to a locution, a vision? We have great opportunity to reflect on this today in our gospel. So we're on the second Sunday of Lent, uh, and this is a great opportunity for us to focus on one of the Lenten disciplines, on prayer, what it means to pray, what it means to encounter God, to have a divine experience with him. A look at this gospel and a look at uh, the Old Testament reading and throughout Scripture shows that these sorts of experiences, these divine experiences, are not rare. They are common experiences. However, you should also know that the Scripture is clear that illusions and deceptions are also not rare. They are common. Okay, so the scripture teaches both these things, that these experiences of the divine are very common. We see this all throughout scripture. Uh, Daniel and his dream, the angel that appeared to Joseph. Cornelius in the book of Acts had an angel appear to him, came to his house. Paul, Peter saw a vision of a sheet coming down from heaven. St. Paul talks about uh, an angel appearing to him and giving him directions to the ship that he was on. This happened in the lives of countless saints all on down through church history. St. Teresa of Avila would say that she could take you to any one of her convents and there would surely be at least two or three religious sisters, nuns, who could share with you about a religious experience, a locution, a divine encounter that she had. Scripture, and really the history of the church, takes for granted that these divine experiences, that God is at work in the world today and reveals himself to people, and that this is common. It is not rare. However, illusions and um, uh, deceptions are not rare either. And this is also as taught in the scriptures. Our Lord talked about this. He said that lots of false prophets would come even in his name. Uh, St. Paul said that, uh, described an angel, talked about warning you of an angel from God that comes and preaches a different gospel than the gospel of Christ. 
You can even look all around you. We have thousands, now tens of thousands, and ever more dividing different Christian denominations, many of which are based on an encounter, a divine encounter, they would say. Um, and there are others, too, uh, not just Christian denominations, but many other religious and belief systems around the world. Fortunately, as Catholics, our Lord, before he left, gave to us the Holy Spirit, who he promised would guide the church into all truth. He gave us the church. He gave us uh, magisterial teaching. Remember before he left, he said to the disciples, the leaders of the church, um, go forth, um, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching all that I've commanded. He gave them special teaching authority. So in the midst of these deceptions and difficulties, the teaching of Christ could be clear. So in reflecting on these things and, and prayer and experience in the Lord, it's important to remember and understand that these things are not rare. They happen commonly, but deceptions and illusions are not rare either. And that's to be taken into account when you have a spiritual experience. The transfiguration especially can be very helpful in understanding these experiences of the divine. You know, the experiences of the divine, these holy experiences, don't particularly make you better. Look at the disciples. They had this amazing experience there on the mountaintop. Our Lord is transfigured before them, and there appears Elijah and Moses. And yet, were they any holier after they walked away? Uh, they were still confused about our Lord, his teaching on the crucifixion and resurrection. They would still um, fall away. They would still betray him. All these things. They weren't really all that different after this experience. St. John of the Cross, great teacher and doctor of the church from about 500 years ago, he said to his spiritual directors, he said that spiritual directors should explain how one act of charity is more precious in God's sight than all the visions and communications possible. He described how many who haven't received these divine encounters are incomparably more advanced than others who have had many. St. Paul talked about this too. He said that if if I have all the prophetic powers and, and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge and have amazing faith, faith that can move mountains and have not love, real and true acts of charity, then all is as nothing. I am nothing. Of course, the two most important commandments, love God and love your neighbor, doesn't mention anything about mystical experiences or encounters. So they don't particularly make you better. However, these experiences can be great gifts. They can be very helpful. St. Teresa of Avila said that she wouldn't exchange even one of her visions for all the goods and delights of the world. She considered them to be great favors, to be great riches. You know, for the disciples, our Lord gave them this encounter because he knew what they were about to experience. A time of great difficulty and turmoil as he was being crucified before them as their faith would falter. He knew they needed this little extra boost, this experience, 
At least Peter, James, and John, the three that experienced this. And so he allowed them to have this divine encounter, this, this time to look beyond the veil to the spiritual world. So the Lord can, gives us these encounters, these locutions, as great gifts. And they should be accepted um, of God as great gifts of his love for us. Yeah, they might not make you better, per se, but they are gifts from the Lord. So if you were to experience a vision, uh, a locution, it doesn't particularly make you better, per se, but what then should you do? How should you respond to this uh, magical experience of prayer? The transfiguration can be very helpful in this, too. You know, our, our, the disciples, after they experienced this, they were told by our Lord not to say anything. You know, there's this great temptation after you've had a divine experience to be like, look at me, I've had this amazing experience with the Lord. I am special. He loves me more than he loves you. Our Lord says, no, don't give in to that temptation of pride. Instead, take this vision, this experience, and set it aside for a time. Put it on pause. This will allow you to grow in humility, to grow in patience. You know, St. John uh, of the cross talks about you know, the preoccupation, the waste of, this waste of time being all caught up in thinking about and pondering you know, how amazing you are because of these visions that you've had. Um, instead, set this aside. Allow time to mature. Uh, allow this vision, what our Lord's speaking to you, to mature. This is what uh, St. Peter talked about, what St. Peter described in his letter when he was kind of reflecting back on his experience on that mountaintop at the Transfiguration, he said that it was a prophetic word made more sure. So as time went on, because he had set it aside for a time, it, this began to solidify in him about what this was really all about. He didn't know what it was about at first. It took some time. So set things aside. That's the first thing you should do if you have a divine encounter. Set it aside for a time. Second thing, don't trust yourself in this experience. Uh, you know, the, it's, it's very easy to misunderstand these things. The apostles, for example, even Peter, you know, at this experience, he didn't really understand what was taking place, what was going on. The scripture says that he started saying things, he didn't know what he was talking about, building these tents and different things. He didn't really quite get it, right? So, so don't always trust yourself. Uh, it's, it's, it's too easy to take these things in the wrong direction. We have uh, other examples of this taking place. For example, with Abraham. God came to him, told him he's going to be a, the father of many nations, and he didn't quite take it right at first. He decides that since he can't get his wife, Sarah, pregnant, uh, it's not working, so he's going to take his servant girl and get her pregnant instead. So he kind of misunderstood God's revelation. And as you can imagine, it caused all sorts of problems for the family. It's very easy to become confused. Uh, we see the devil working hard to confuse people. He did it with Adam and Eve, taking God's word and working to twist it in their minds. We heard that last week, the first Sunday of Lent, when our Lord is being tempted in the, in the desert. And the devil tries to take God's word and twist it around. That's what he does. So uh, don't trust yourself. It's very easy to misinterpret, to get these things wrong. The disciples did it, Abraham did it, 
Many others in Scripture did that. They misunderstood them. That's the second thing. Don't trust yourself. Instead, do number three. Okay? Take these things to the church. Take them to a trusted spiritual advisor. The beautiful thing, the great grace that we have as, as Catholics is having this church. This church that has Christ's authority to teach. You know, our Lord is not going to contradict himself. He's not going to tell you something in private and, and, uh, that's going to be contrary to the public teaching of the church. He doesn't contradict himself. Remember our Lord when he was sending out the first leaders of the church, uh, the disciples, he said to them, whoever listens to you listens to me. So when you're listening to the church, this teaching authority, that's Christ. He's not going to contradict himself from what was told to you privately. St. Teresa of Avila, she was, she was so confident in this that she said that even if your confessor, this person you're bringing the, these enlightenments to, these revelations, is obtuse and resistant, the Lord will speak through him and make him recognize the work of his spirit. If he does not, then you have no further obligations. So how to respond to a locution, to a divine revelation? Set it aside for a time. Don't trust yourself. Take it to the church. Take it to an experienced uh, priest, a confessor, who can help and guide you in these things. So as we're reflecting today on this Lenten discipline of prayer, of experiencing God in this supernatural way, remember that these experiences are not rare. They are normal and ordinary. But deceptions and illusions also are not rare. And while these things don't particularly make you better, they can be great gifts. If they're used properly, you know, if you set them aside for a time, if you uh, don't particularly trust yourself, and then take it to the church. Get good guidance as you're growing closer to the Lord. If you're doing these things, then you can grow in holiness. You can grow in that life of prayer, uh, especially during this Lenten time of renewal. That God may be glorified. Amen.